When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Score North and ScoreNorth.com. You know, this is this is tough times um, when you get this week two short game and you're, you love the fact that you're at home to open. Um, but no matter whether we won or lost today, this was still going to be um, a heck of a challenge. And, and now that we uh, didn't get it done today, uh, we just have to have that much more urgency, that, that much more detail. Um, everybody's got to look inward and, and we got to push persevere together. Um, this, uh, this is not our first time dealing with adversity. Um, and my hope is we'll, we'll circle back on some of that experience and play our, our best possible game we can play Thursday night. Yeah, hey, yeah, the good news is there's another game in like three days. So just I'll put some put some ice on it, boys. Come on, boys. Let's ice up. Get in the cold tub, hot tub, back to the cold tub. Go look at some film. Go learn from your mistakes. Ed Ingram, stop strip sacking your own quarterback. Okay. Let's stop. Let's let's put your hands a little closer to your body there. Let's not flail when we're pulling to the left. Okay. If only it were that simple. If only maybe it were it that simple. Maybe it is. Maybe all. I hope for their sake, I'll, actually. I hope you're right. I hope you're maybe right. One, maybe one of us slept on it and has a little bit of a different opinion from Vikings Line yesterday. Ooh. Maybe one of us. Boy, that, that's going to be. I, I I'm very excited for that. Declan? Yeah, I wonder who that would be. Yeah. Because uh, I know it's not me. Yeah, no, it's and not. And I have a very good suspicion it's not Chuck. I slept on it. I had really yeah. bad dreams last <laughs> night. I will say that. I don't know if that's any premonition of what's to come, but I did have some bad dreams last night. We are live, by the way, here. So <laughs> we've expanded our, our Purple Daily live stream schedule. So we're, we're the, we've done the Friday Feedback Friday live streams, 10 o'clock a.m. Central Time for the last several months. And, uh, you know, Declan floated this idea a couple months ago and say, you know, we should, we're already hopped up on Monday mornings anyways. We're rocking and rolling. What if we, instead of recording, what if we just clicked that little live button and went live on the YouTube channel and gave you some day after therapy as needed or a day after dissection? So, so right around nine o'clock a.m. Central Time, every day after Vikings game, we are going to be here with our hottest Vikings takes. We're going to be here with a pie chart. Judd has a pie chart of blame. We're going to be here with either silver linings or nitpicks, depending on if they win or lose. And then uh, our red zone channel takes from just sort of scoping out the rest of the league. So we are happy to be live with you here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die on Purple Daily. And losing at home to a Buccaneers team unlikely to make the playoffs is not a great way to start. The show is presented by TCL, which has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, and home appliances. 
TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. You can learn more at TCL.com. And Judd, a shout-out to our friends at Surly. Uh, we've got a case of Before I Die Lager in the fridge, mostly for therapy reasons after yesterday, to and, be honest. And look at that beauty right there. I mean, yes, it was a tough day, but you know what? Uh, we all certainly appreciate all of the tweets that we got and saw of folks who were prepared for that, that game. Perhaps unlike the home team, the fan of fans of the Purple were prepared with uh, plenty of Before I Die Sipping on what is a, a delicious beer. Of course, there are there's so many great choices from Surly, uh, including Furious, which is one of my favorites. But uh, before I die, speaks to the mission of this show. And I will say this: it's only week one, so we can all take a deep breath. And for Thursday night, if you know what, if nothing else, for Thursday night, folks, here's what I want you to do: I want you to be prepared on Thursday with a uh, a fridge chock full of before I die. Okay, all you can control. Well- who wants to start with hottest Vikings takes? Who who's itching to? Well, I'm, I almost feel I almost feel like I want to see what you guys have to say. I almost want to hear Declan's because like go. he he was teasing this what now, Dex, sixteen hours yeah. ago. Yeah, I can go. So I would like you to start because like the payoff is finally here. Can I before we do hottest Vikings takes? Because a year ago there was a lot of confusion, consternation, arguing, bickering about what a hot take was versus like. So are these all are these all rooted in opinion? These are opinions that we're giving, right? Hottest mm-hmm. wow. Vikings. I like how Declan's about opinion. to give riff off this huge. I just hot want to take. make sure. And like, yeah, you're I like, just, I, I hope I this is the right type no, of take. I don't want. No, I don't want to build this up. Declan teased this. Okay, Dex, You know, you twenty come hours here, ago. Show me your take. I'll approve it or disprove, <laughs> and then you can go ahead and do it. Okay. No, I, I think it'll be alright. It might, probably would have been a better conversation off the mic, Phil. But yeah, it's fine. I, wow. uh, I, I think uh, I think I, this is pretty hot take. This is all right. <laughs> No, it's all good. Wow. I did tease this for a while, so I, I kind of do have to deliver now after teasing it. So I, I do feel yeah, a little bit like of It's like the, the Vikings teased week one That's for right. months. Like, oh, it's a home oh, game yeah. against the Bucks. The offense <laughs> is going to be better. This is going to be great. Oh. We're all, we everything straightened out. And then it was a fart noise. I don't want the first hot take to be a fart noise. So, yeah. all right, here we go. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, my hot take. <laughs> After week one, which, by the way, I did use fart noise last yesterday, too. So hopefully this isn't a fart noise either. But my hottest take after that loss. The Minnesota Vikings offense are the biggest phonies in the NFL. That wow. that that's my that's take. take. And I'm I'm not just going because of yesterday. I'm going all the way back to last season. Okay? Wow. Legitimate offenses do not have problems we've seen in the near 20 game samples that we have seen with Kevin O'Connell with multiple three and outs, some of the most in the league. Holes in the interior offensive line that you have not addressed or fixed. Quarters of play where nothing is happening. Turnovers stink. And that was a cert, uh, certainly a root cause of the loss yesterday. But you know what legit teams do? They score points. They come up with big plays. They don't outsmart themselves. They don't throw the ball behind players. They don't throw Randy Johnson fastballs need a six-yard first down. They don't throw beneath the sticks consistently. They execute successful screen plays, which this team, for whatever reason, cannot do under Kevin O'Connell. I don't know if it's the offensive line. I don't know if it's the quarterback. But the screen game for this team under the KOC era is maddening. I Year in and year out, even with the small sample size, it is still a thing. Last year, the Vikings offensive DVOA ranked 20th, 20th in the NFL. It's a fraudulent offense to a degree. Points and yards, it's fine. We can look at all the points that they got uh, last year. We can look at all the yards they put up yesterday. We can look up all both those things in the fourth quarter from last season. But to suggest that this offense is a well-honed machine is wrong, and KOC has work to do 
to shed the fraudulent narrative that this offense is legit. So this yes! offense is phony. There it is. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Is that enough opinion for you, Mackie? Who, I, I heard all opinion there. Who came, who came in more well-prepared for the season? Declan with his first hot take of the season or the Vikings oh. just fumbling the ball everywhere and throwing interceptions? Declan didn't want to have to do that. I did, it was true. I did not okay. want to have to. Like, he, have he, he doesn't relish that. But, yeah, I mean, it's... It, sadly, you know what? When you take away the uh, the magic carpet ride of the fourth quarter circa 2022, uh, it is sort of sad. I, like, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to, like, debate you and say, oh, no, just because we're talking about... Uh, Sample sizes. In fact, I've got... These comments. Maybe the comments are just... Declan has... Grew like, up to, well, he did. What he came in Bob's? hot. Does Declan grew up today. People I are... I kept the beard for obvious he, he came in hot. In fact, you know what? I'll go next because my statement piles on the same guy, but it's broader. This was, in 19 games to count now, this was Kevin O'Connell's worst single game coaching job. Wow. This was the worst game wow, he has dude. coached what? as the Vikings coach. Let me take you through last year, okay? Cowboys game last year. Yes, the... yes. But the Cowboys game, the Cowboys game, we weren't quite sure what to expect. Now, it was a disappointment, oh. but the Dallas Cowboys are a good team, all right? You also you also lost, uh, besides the Giants' playoff game. And I would argue that a playoff game is a bit of a different animal in some ways so a playoff game is but when we're definitely talking about the regular season okay he lost at philly in week two tough loss for for sure he lost at detroit at green bay at green bay he got smoked again but you know what here's why i say this is the worst game he has coached in 19 games 18 in the regular season now all right Let's go back to yesterday. This team did not look prepared. This team had all offseason, had all training camp. Like the Dallas game was within the within a season and you played a good team. This te- I refuse to believe this Tampa Bay team is a good team. I think they have some nice skill position players. I think their defense can do some things. But I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I think Tampa Bay now, after what I saw on Sunday, the Vikings didn't beat the Vikings. The Buccaneers did. No, the Vikings beat the Vikings. His team was not prepared. His team offensively looked like a gong show. The defense is Brian Flores' baby. Let's not make a mistake there. He doesn't get like, okay, he finally got the hire right, but Brian Flores is the guy who cultivated and worked on that side of the ball. And it's not like they played this phenomenal game. I just, I'm not blaming them. But when you think about what didn't get fixed, everything Declan said about the offense, which is correct, and the fact that this team as a unit, as an entire team, did not look prepared for the season opener at home against Tampa Bay when you have Philadelphia four days later, worst game Kevin O'Connell has coached as a Vikings coach. Wow. Wow. I I hate to even like... It is hottest Vikings take, so I hate to I hate to be like that. I, I would put the Dallas the Dallas game last year. I would say was one of the most like unprepared football teams I've ever seen. Um, but wow! So you guys are you guys are like even. It sounds like sleeping on it has made you guys even more ragey this morning. That's what I'm sensing from you. I wrote this last night, and I stand by it. I wrote this last night when you have an entire training camp to prepare for Tampa Bay. 
Prepare for Tampa Bay. That's the thing is Dallas was a terrible loss, Phil. Don't get me wrong there. But that's within the confines of a season that has started. And and in that case, Dallas, I think we all agreed, was a good team. It's the Buccaneers. Okay. Okay. No, I just I just but you but you feel ragier this morning than you did last night. I, that's my sense. And by the way, when you wrote you wrote something for Vikings Wire, is that you can promote it? Yep. Vikingswire.com. Yes, Vikingswire.com, where you can find my latest work, my column. You want, off if you want Judge Rage game. in written How, how form. much this ups the urgency for a game in Philadelphia that I don't expect them to win now. But I mean, this game, as we talked about, and I I think we all still agree, that game yesterday was a really important game given your early season schedule. And you, I, in my opinion, you just blew it. Yeah. So, okay. All right. I'll give my hottest Vikings take here. And I want to tell you guys, uh, when I woke up this morning and uh, started, you know, laying out what am I going to wear for the first ever day after Vikings game live stream, and my hilarious wife says, why don't you wear all black for the funeral? That's what I did. Huh? See, seasons. So you guys wore black, black for the black. funeral, it looks black. like? Yep. Yeah, your wife's not wrong. So we're all black. You know, I say, you know what? My loving wife, my dear. My wife. I'm going to wear white because I don't think it's a funeral. My here's, my here's my hottest Vikings take. You guys are overreacting, and after sleeping on it, I actually feel good about yesterday's process. And let me explain two main reasons why. We'll start with the first one, okay? Turnovers. Like, to me... Judd, you just laid out you the way you laid it out. If I hadn't watched the game, I would have thought, "Oh my god, it it was like the Cowboys game or like the Eagles game, where you got boat raced in yardage, they outchunked you, you couldn't stop them on defense, you couldn't move the ball on offense." That like when I just listened, I know I watched the game yesterday, so that's not what happened. But listening to your take mm-hmm. makes it feel like one of those games from last year. All right, so the turnovers were actually, and it was three of them. To the, to the zero that they took away from the Buccaneers. Those were really, if you, if you flip those three plays, this is a blowout win for the Vikings, which brings me to my second point. The Vikings outgained Tampa Bay yesterday six yards per play to three and a half yards per play. I was wondering in my head, God, it doesn't feel like they've done that a lot because, like, last year was the opposite. Last year, they were outgained on average for the whole season by a half yard per play, which, by the way, that adds up and stacks up. In general, if you get outgained over the course of a season, you're going to have a below 500 record historically in the NFL. And this team, despite getting outgained by a half yard per play for four and a half months, somehow won 13 games by the skin of their teeth because they just kept coming back in the fourth quarter. Oh my God, Josh Allen fumbles on the goal line. Oh, God, the Colts decided to not show up in the second half, which they led 33-0, right? So from a process standpoint, last year, we knew it was flawed. We knew it wasn't sustainable. We were looking for something more sustainable, more substantive, if they want to get back to double-digit wins. Yesterday, they outgained Tampa Bay six yards per play to three and a half. According to StatHead, the Vikings have played 28 such games in franchise history, going back to 1961. They are 25-3 and three in those games, including yesterday's loss was the third. The last time they lost a game in which they dominated so thoroughly from a process and yardage perspective was in 1978. Judd was nine years old. Sure, I was 1978. Before 
Well, the last time the Vikings lost a game in which they dominated like this. It's not an ideal result. I get it. I'm with you guys. It's a, it's a, it was a W on every one of our six different record predictions. It's only 6% of the schedule. And I can tell you, if and now the Buccaneers aren't one of the best teams you're going to play Thursday night, you're not going to be favorite. You're probably starting 0-2. But if all of a sudden we're looking at a defense that is holding teams to you know, 250 yards and three and a half yards of play, and an offense that, by the way, yesterday was the second highest yards per play in the NFL behind the Miami Dolphins. I will take this process for the next 16 games and take my chances. The issue. Stop turning the ball. Stop punching the ball out of your quarterback. The issue is all of that. They they lost this game though, and still did that, which to me makes the indictment worse. Right. But what? But but no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, what's the sustainable thing here? Is it? Oh, they're going to get out. They're going to get the the turnover margin is going to be a minus three every game. That's not. That's not going to happen. Okay. I know you guys hate Ed Ingram, and I. I say you didn't. Yeah, you. Yeah. Judd, do you think Ed Ingram's going to punch a ball out of Kirk Cousins' hand every single game? I think no. I think he stands to get beat once per game where there could be a sack that could result in Kirk, who has been turnover prone. He's going to turn it over once a, losing, once a I game. Think that, I think a that, minus that can three happen. Every game. I think that something weird can happen with the changes that they did not make. Absolutely. What I'm saying is the, the three to nothing turnover margin at home is yep. not going to happen again probably this season. Now, are you going to outgain a team by like two, two and a half yards of play? Probably not. But this this is what we wanted all year, which was go boat race a team in yardage and ideally points. Mm-hmm. And the points didn't come because of the turnovers. I'm saying the turnover thing was more fluky than sustainable. And it's and it and we'll and we'll see if the yardage thing is going forward. Yeah. This was the best yardage process we've seen in Kevin O'Connell's tenure. Which is fantastic, but they still had 11 series total and had three and outs to Declan's point in six of them. They shot themselves in the foot. They weren't prepared. If you're prepared, you win that game. Like, there's just what do a you lot mean of... not prepared? Dude, they literally had the second highest yards per play offensively. You can't be unprepared and be second in the NFL in yards per play offensively. Three turnovers in a game. A guy lining up in the neutral zone... On a, on a kick on a field goal that cost you is not prepared. You had all you were preparing for Tampa Bay all preseason, and the, and you came out. It's a further indictment with what you're saying that you didn't bolt race them. No, listen, it was a bad loss. I think you guys are overreacting, and I think generally Vikings fans. And I get it; it's a home loss to the Buccaneers. I think people are like, well. It's garbage. It's the same thing we saw for you know large chunks of the end of Mike Zimmer's tenure. But you, but you keep saying unprepared, and I take issue with that because you can't hold a team. The last time the Vikings held a team to three and a half yards of play right. defensively was 2020. Okay, but mistakes. Like, you can't come be unprepared and hold it to the NFL team to three and a half league, yards of play. Mistakes in this league are often a fact that you aren't prepared, and I saw enough huge mistakes that I'm going to go with. I think the lack of the lack of being prepared for that game and doing everything that you said and not winning that game by 14 okay. points is inexcusable. But but again, let's talk I I don't disagree like there's inexcusable things. I'm not exonerating the performance. I'm looking for pre- predictiveness. What is what does this mean going forward? Do you think Kevin O'Connell's football teams going back to week 1 last year are more often prepared or unprepared? They're more often prepared. But, okay. but what I saw yesterday is the start of a new season, his second year. So I don't have – I need more of a template to go by. 
and I'm just not going to there, – there were enough things that I saw with the eye test, and I know that the box score looks good, but there were enough things I saw with the, the eye test and some trends I saw that definitely concerned me. And, and it's not just O'Connell, too. GM as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That might, this might be a good little uh, segue into you are the the chef of our mm-hmm. pie chart of blame here. I do, I do have so the pie chart. I just, I just, I'm not. We, you know, mommy and daddy don't have to keep fighting here, but I just wanted to paint a, a different picture. How I felt genuinely waking up today and looking at some of the data was, you know what? Okay, this was bad, but not as bad as everyone is making it out to be. Uh, but now it's time for Chef Judd. Every week, if you're new to the Purple Daily. Day after Viking shows here, we when they lose, we do a pie chart of blame. When they win, we do a pie chart of praise, and we rotate chefs around here. So, uh, so Joe, why don't you fire up the first pie chart of the season here? All right, six pieces of pie, so it's not um, it's not obnoxious. The rock knows how you feel about pie, but it's enough that the proper people will get their filling of pie. Pie chart of blame. All right, I'm going to start at the bottom. A couple five percent slices, and the first one is going to go to a guy who's not even here now. So how could he be? How could he get a slice of pie? I'm going to tell you very, very simply. A five percent slice goes to former GM Rick Spielman. Every time I watch Antoine Winfield Jr., mm. I get madder and madder. He was in your backyard. By the way, we all loved him. Like this isn't a guy that didn't get to play. You know, Fleck screwed him, and now he's playing well. No, no, he was great on the Gophers. His instinctiveness, his bloodlines with his father, who was a great Viking. Bloodlines. Bloodlines. Like, Let's get it. You think about, there's nothing about Juan's greatness or being a really, really good player that surprises you, and you didn't draft him. I just, it, you know, and, well, he wasn't, he wasn't tall enough. He wasn't big enough. You know, okay, let's get past that sometimes. Like, we saw enough of this kid. That the fact that he is not playing for Brian Flores is an absolute crime. He would look very good in Brian Flores' defense. Hybrid, hybrid, again, safety, slot corner like the old man. So Rick yeah, Spielman. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure he would have improved the defensive performance much beyond allowing only 3.6 yards per play. But he would look good. In I, think the def- defense. I think Brian Flores did a very good job. I said that on Ventline. I will say that again. All I'm saying is that when I, I thought I, he was unprepared. All, all when, I mean, the team, the team was not prepared. But anyway, when I but saw. Half the team wasn't. When, when I, well, yeah, and it's the head coach's fault. When I saw the, the plays, though, that this kid makes, and we've seen this now for a few years, 5% Rick Spielman, what were you thinking? But, but hey, real quick on the Winfield thing, mm-hmm. would they have then revisionist history? Would they would have to have taken him instead of Justin Jefferson? No, he would have gone. Or, I think he went in the second round. Oh, and, Jeff, Cleveland, and didn't Jeff and didn't Jeff Gladney go after? Didn't the late so Jeff Gladney? Did, yeah, so they drafted Gladney with the th- he would have been he would have been a late first round pick or Vikings trade back into the second, and you would have had Winfield instead of Gladney on your team. Yeah, so, I mean, imagine probably, a Jefferson Winfield draft for this team. Wow. And then you probably don't draft Lewis seen uh, in 2022 either. Wow. So it's a 
butterfly effect. Other than that, though. It, <laughs> it's fucking good. Well, all right. So 5%. <laughs> Rick Spielman, I think you're in Florida. Come on down. Take your piece of pie. Go home. 5% goes to Jay Ward, the rookie. Ugh. Why? Because he lined up in the neutral zone on what was a successful Buccaneers field goal attempt by Chase McLaughlin um, that would have made it at that time 13-10. to 10, But by being in the neutral zone, and by the way, Jay Ward claimed that the official said you're fine and then th- threw a flag, which sounds sort of hanky to me. But anyway, that is shady. That was a that was a monumental mistake when it, when you go back and look at the points in this game, and uh, Tampa Bay was willing to come away with the field goal, and the Vikings gave them a first down. And Jay Ward, you know what? Right or wrong, I mean that that's a mistake you cannot afford. One hundred percent can't afford that. When they showed that again, it's it's weird because yeah, usually you line up and you kind of if you're on the end. He was on the end of the check line the there, right? He said he did. Check with the official. And yep. it, and then they showed it back with sort of like the, the bird's eye view. And it looked real borderline. I mean, he was – I actually thought that the that the tackle to his left was lined up even further inside. I mean, they both looked like they might have been flaggable. But that's one of those easy ones, whether it's Jay Ward. But if the official told him he was fine and then threw the flag, that is really shady. But if you're Jay Ward, you have to just kind of make sure, right? That's one yes. of those just – is it because it's your first NFL game and you're not totally sure? Like, it's not the first time you've played football. Huge mistake, so, though. I don't know. Colossal problem. So that's 5%. Yeah. All right, let's get uh, let's get to some bigger slices of pie with four left. It's a day of reckoning for someone right now because he's getting a 15% slice of the pie, and he did not take part in the game. In fact, he watched it probably not too far from where I did, but 15% goes to Kwesi Adolfa Mensa, the GM. It is, it is now time to start, as much as I think this entire show has tried to be positive and tried to uh, give the 2022 draft class time, it is now time to start talking about some of the product that Kwesi has put on the field, which includes a draft that, beyond a Caleb Evans, is contributing next to nothing. Brian Asamoah now. Like, it's great that they signed Ivan Pace, but Brian Asamoah, who was drafted in that draft, not contributing. Ed yeah. Ingram causing fumbles. The first two picks can't even get on the field. Uh, and then the interior of the offensive line is on Quazy as well because he's the GM. And at some point, you would have thought you would have said, you know what, one of these two guards probably, we need to have a really good backup plan. And unless Dalton Reisner is going to be signed, and I'm not going to count on that until I see him walk in that yeah. that door. I, I mean, the uh, what the uh, Treader thing last year, which we thought, ah, this makes per- perfect sense, never even came close, as far as we can tell, to coming to fruition. So 15% goes to Quazy because it's now time to start asking, where are the contributions from some of the main people, or where are some of your decisions uh, as far as why the Vikings are struggling in specific areas? Here is the 2022 draft. Vikings drafted 10 players. So we're now we're now second season. We're into it. The season started. We're looking for these guys. These guys, first rounders are fifth-year option guys. Everyone else is a four-year contract, I believe. And so you're um, like you're into the second year of a four-year contract for most of these guys. It's time time to go, right? Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth, Ed Ingram, Brian Asamoah. A Caleb Evans, so you got two starters out of the out of the five, but one of them's your worst starter at Ingram. Right? Uh, is it pronounced uh, 
Adam, Atamawa, Atamiwo, Atamawo, the former golfer, the uh, fifth round pick. He was cut. Yep, out of camp, right? Ty Chandler got in there a couple times, scooted around. Okay, Vidarian Low traded. Jalen Naylor made a special teams tackle, but now we're getting to like a six round pick. If he's a special teamer, that's great. That's fine. Right. And then Nick Mees on the right. I mean, you literally have ten guys here, and maybe only a Caleb Evans gave you some positive value. Yeah. Week one of year two. You'd prefer that Ingram was not playing, which is not a great thing to say about yep. a fairly high draft pick. Yep. So crazy. I mean, this there do have to be some questions asked, and and then plus, there's no doubt about this. Crazy played an enormous role, I'm sure, in the decision to tell or in in the discussions with Justin Jefferson and the contract breaks down too. And that's a you know that's a huge call. Like this kid's not. Going to get worse. You know, God forbid he gets hurt. But beyond that, he just continues to improve. He does everything that you asked. He's a superstar. So, yeah, I think it's time to start asking some questions about the GM. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Three slices left, all very much involved with this game. The fun is over. 20% Kirk Cousins. 20%. Kirk Cousins, far too often we saw him, and look, O'Connell's involved too, but we saw him revert back to things uh, that Cousins has done in in the past. Uh, It appeared that he had to turn in the fourth quarter magic slipper that he was uh, given last year, played a part in all three turnovers. I'm sorry, I heard the explanation of the K.J. Osborne pick, but if I'm not mistaken, I think they were at like the nine-yard line of Tampa Bay, okay? And the explanation was, I did throw it a little bit behind him because I didn't want to lead him into a hit. Uh, but Jordan Addison on the same play, and Cousins acknowledged this, was an option. And when you're trying to force that ball into Osborne in double coverage, and K.J. Osborne, let's be very, very clear here. I like him. I think he's a productive player, you guys. But he is the number three guy. Like, like yeah. you are, if that's Jefferson, again, if it's Jefferson, I got a lot of, lot of latitude to say, yeah, you know, might not have been a great pass, but that's J.J., and he might catch the damn ball. K.J. Osborne, it's as if Kirk trusts him as much as Jefferson at times on throws, and he's not that guy. He's very yeah. good. He's very good when he's put in a position to succeed. But trying not to lead him into a defender, throwing the ball behind him, and it ultimately being double coverage is an enormous ask. And I'm sorry, but I'm not going to blame him with, the well, he had his hands on the ball. So, look, he's... He's moving. He's trying to catch the ball. He's trying to go back. The guy's right there. He's going to strip the ball from his hands. Again, it's it's a too, it's too big of an ask. 20% Kirk Cousins and the Winfield yeah. fumble. Just to be clear on that one, that's a free rush. He has to account for that, that guy. In this case, I think they had a hat on, on a hat. Winfield comes through unimpeded. And if I'm not mistaken, Winfield was coming at Kirk from the front. So you've got to pick yes. up that that's not that's not rear pressure. That's coming right at so Kirk Cousins, twenty percent. there were a lot of things that Kirk did that I think are things that Kirk can't afford to do. We will break that Winfield strip sack down with Alex Boone, who can tell us what actually happened with the protection on our trenches segment here, uh, that should be out later today. Uh, but I think so let let's start with that play for a second, because that was that was actually According to the EPA box score, that's right, the EPA box score. I didn't expect the points added. Nice. 
They have an expected points added box score. That was the most impactful play of the game. It, it was a, mm-hmm. a, set, a six point swing in terms of expected points added. Vikings losing the football, Buccaneers gaining it, and then going forward. And I saw a lot of people in the moment kind of blaming like Ed Ingram and well, CJ Ham, you know, did he pick up the wrong guy? I mean, Boone can tell us, but, and maybe I'm wrong on this because I have not talked to Alex about this play yet. But you work from the inside out as a protection unit. So you want to make sure that there's no immediate interior. If, if, if there's a bunch of dudes that are a danger up the middle, right? You start there and work your way out because pressure up the middle with a quarterback like Kirk, as we know, the play is over. So Ham stepped up in the middle because the Buccaneers sent someone through the A-gap as well. And I'm with you. Like, if you're a quarterback in that situation, you can't still be holding onto the ball when Winfield comes around like that especially front side on the interception. There's a group of people that have such a hard time placing any blame on Kirk cousins for anything. And I know the counter is, well, then you guys blame him for everything. Well, that's patently not true. Maybe we're hard on him. Maybe we criticize him, but I think we're pretty fair for the most part. That was a bad late throw over the middle. You also have to account for the risk of, okay, like you said, who am I throwing it to? How much traffic is sitting there? Mm-hmm. Where are we at on the field? What's the score in the situation, right? We're at, we're in, we're in the deep red. We're inside the 10 yard line or wherever it was. It was a throw to the goal line. Got to get points. It, he, he hesitated a little bit. So it was a little bit late coming out. And there were literally two defenders flanking each shoulder of KJ Osborne. If that, and, and it was behind him too. Yeah. He got his hands on it, but okay. Let's say he doesn't perfectly catch it. Cause he's a human being, right? And it gets bobbled. There's two defenders in his shoulder pads. Right. So it was, it was, Kirk had some brilliant moments yesterday. He made some great throws. I thought they worked well off of play action a couple times, but that was a bad game changing throw. And the strip sack was, I mean, you, by the way, you're allowed to get sacked and not drop the ball too. And that's been a problem for Kirk. So I don't see a problem in looking at those two game changing plays and saying, yeah, those were the two biggest reasons why you didn't blow the doors off the Buccaneers yesterday. Sorry. Exactly. So, Kirk Cousins, come on down. Take home your 20% pie chart of blame slice. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right, we have two pieces left. 25% goes to, and I'll I'll be curious to see what the PFF grades say, but I'm just going to give 25% to the interior of the offensive line and start with Ed Ingram. We talked about Quasi's draft class, but this guy started 18 football games last year. And I'm not sure about you guys, and I'm and, and Boone can fill us in far more than we can um, articulate this, but I sure as hell didn't see the type of game I, I would be expecting from an NFL guard in game 19, which, by the way, you're not young at this point now. It's not your rookie year. You're not. You had an offseason to work on everything, you are a high draft pick. You are supposed to be a solution, not a problem. You have now, over the course of your first two years, tripped Kirk about three times. You now played a role. And I'm, you know yeah. what? I, I am sure that Schlotman and Kirk and everybody else could have done a better job. But the fact is, when you go back and watch the replay, there's Ed's big paw swatting the ball somehow. I don't, I've never seen that before. I'm sure it's happened. I have not seen it. Uh, but the, super weird. How the, does that happen? Uh, and also keep in mind, because I, I feel like this guy's going to get a lot of crap t- today, and there's going to be a lot of uh, told you so's. Dalvin Cook was great. Told you so. 
The run yeah. game did jack. The run game did nothing. The run game was terrible. And I am not absolving Madison. Ty Chandler, I think, at the end, I thought it'd be a little bit more of a rotation. I think he had three carries and one catch. So he was almost a non-entity for the most part. But the fact the fact is, the run game, which is going to be driven by what? The offensive line. And yes, the, the use of 12 personnel uh, was non-existent. So... The interior of that line still to me, I'm giving them 25%, and I'm doing it almost blindly because of because of the eye test, because of what I saw. To me, it was it was almost less about the pass protection because they they did wind up with a bunch of big pass plays. They couldn't run the ball again. Yeah. You know, and, and you you could make a case that and they had, and we'll go over this probably on tomorrow's episode, but they did run a lot more what we call heavy packages yep. on first down. Than they did in 2022. They wanted to establish an extra tight end or an extra running back slash fullback a lot more often than they did last year. And I thought it opened up. It was like the threat of the run opened up some bootlegs and some play actions and some big plays over the middle, over the top. So that was good. But at the end of the day, like you got to run the ball at some point. And they were one of the worst running teams last year. And yesterday they couldn't. That's a tough team also with Vita Vea in the middle. It was one of those sort of matchup things where, all right, you've got a bad interior offensive line. They've got Vita Vea. Kalijah Kansi, was the, he, he came out of the game, I think, in the second half with an injury. But the Buccaneers do have some really good pieces on defense. Um, but, yeah, you got to be able to run the ball at some point more than they did. And the interior offensive line was, I think, a huge reason why they didn't. 41 yards. Yeah, on 20, oh, 17 carries, 20 carries. Uh, 17 carries, 2.4 yard okay. average. And, and yeah. what's sad is the Buccaneers, 33 carries, 73 yards, 2.2. So again, you know, yeah. the, you know, the one, the one sad thing is this. If the Vikings had eked out a win, we would be having such a fun conversation about the defense and like what it did and did its job. Um, but you can't now. All right, and then one one more slice. Well, this is not going to surprise you, considering how how I started today's show. There's 30% left, and I want my guy, KOC, to come on down and pick it up. 30% Kevin O'Connell. Your team turned over the ball three times. Your team had key penalties and ended up taking six for uh, 45 yards. The six penalties, I think, were double what Tampa took. Um, the, the offense for the fact that it did an impressive job in yards per play uh, again had 11 series and three or six, three and outs. Justin Jefferson went from being a dominant superstar player in the first half. And we used to rag on Zimmer's teams for this all the time to being in witness protection. I think he caught two passes in the second half. Um, There were just a lot of things, a lot of key situational things, a lot of key discipline things that we didn't see. And again, if this had been a better team than Tampa, I think we might be more forgiving. But when you looked at that schedule, you said this game is absolutely, it's huge. And you made too many mistakes, didn't execute consistently enough for your team to get a win in what was an eminently winnable game. It, it might have been by three. Yeah. It was probably going to be ugly. A ton of week one games are. Like week one is not for the high-flying, beautiful game yet. That takes about a month. 
Uh, but to drop this game in the way that they did to me was extremely disappointing. So 30% to Kevin O'Connell, 25% to the interior of the offensive line, uh, starring Ed Ingram, of course. 20% to Kirk Cousins, 15% to Kwesi, 5% to Jay Ward, and 5% to Rick Spielman for passing on Antoine Winfield Jr. The Rock knows how you oh, feel there it is. All right, the pie chart of blame from Judd. We've got silver linings coming up here on the Purple Daily live stream. Um, that pie chart, and I, I already said my piece about KOC. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like if you play that game 10 times, you and, and it plays out process-wise, like you win that game eight or nine times, how, how much we want to hammer Kevin O'Connell for the one or two flukes. Yeah, like you shouldn't have lost that game. You should be one and zero right now, and now you now you're probably going to be zero and two. But that pie chart was presented in part by our friends at AG One. So a handful of years ago, I discovered AG One products, and they've been very valuable to my life. Mostly because I'm not great about getting the nutrition I need always in a daily. Uh, like I don't always make a salad for lunch, you know, yeah. or eat the proper servings of fruit. I'm trying to be better at that. Uh, but one scoop of AG1 in the morning equals 75 high-quality ingredients that have me covered. It's nutritional insurance on a daily basis. You can drink it in the morning if you want. You can boost the middle of your day maybe. Brain fog lifted, energy levels heightened. For me, those are the benefits that I have experienced. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then AG1 is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. With your first purchase, drink. Uh, go to drinkag1.com slash purpledaily. That's drinkag1.com slash purpledaily. And since we're in the uh, getting healthy mood here, let's tell the audience about Livia, which has changed a lot of listeners' lives over the past couple of years, Judd. Inclu- including mine. I dropped a couple of years ago now 40 pounds, and I'm going to tell you right now, this program works. In fact, if you don't believe sports, Dad, there have been a ton of people uh, from our PD family who have joined and have also uh, dropped substantial weight. And guess what? For three consecutive years now, including this year, Livia voted the best weight loss program in the state. That's right. The best weight loss program in the state. If you join now, three months free. That's the offer. Three months for free. You're going to drop weight. You're going to feel absolutely great. And guess what? You're going to fit into all of those clothes that don't fit right now, and it's three months free. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com. If you're not in the state, don't fret, because the entire thing can be done virtually as well. Livia.com. All right, guys. Let's start with Declan here. When the Vikings win, we give you nitpicks to keep it balanced. When they lose, we give you silver linings. So what was your biggest silver lining off yesterday's loss, Declan? Obviously, Bradley, the defense was great, but I want to specifically shout out Ivan Pace. Uh, Ivan Pace Jr., undrafted rookie, comes in, lays a lot of the wood, a lot of solo tackles, total tackles, QB hits. Uh, curious on the PFF grades, too. We're obviously recording this on a, on a Monday morning at 9 a.m. Central, but I test-wise, at least, the dude looks legit. Um, we can talk about Kwesi's potential misses in the draft to a degree, and that is a nuanced conversation that I believe we should have, and we'll probably actually be talking about it a lot, shameless plug, on Purple Daily on Draft later this afternoon. But I thought Ivan Pace showed up big time for an undrafted rookie to step in, play that many snaps, make that big of a contribution in a defensive coordinator's defense who's very highly, highly respected. I mean, it takes a lot of chops for a guy to be undrafted and make that big of an impact. So I was pretty impressed specifically with Ivan Pace Jr. Yeah, he looked, it's one of those, like, sometimes he 
he looks like he's flying around and he's in the right places, but then you'll you'll see like a film cut up or something. There was the big Baker Mayfield scramble taking, to the he, right. He, yeah, he, yes, I was going to so, talk about that. So he was Baker Mayfield's running for a first down, and Ivan Pace is flying across the field, right place, right time. But then he kind of hesitates because he doesn't want to get called. I'm guessing for a 15 yard penalty, blowing up Baker on the sidelines, and yep. and he and he winds up letting Baker get like the three extra yards for a first down. Tough one. So I'm with Dex. Like I saw him a lot, and he looked like he was moving around. Um, but I would be curious to see now what is, does PFF say that he was completing plays in the right spots, or or was it just a ball of frenetic energy? I don't know. Yeah, he he actually on uh, I think it was the touchdown pass that uh, Josh Metellus got burned. To Evans, if you go back and watch that, Pace actually blitzes. And part of the problem is if he comes off the edges, I think he's fine. But when he tries to blitz through the A-gap, essentially, if he gets picked up, he just gets stopped. Like, like that's the yeah. balance. That's the balancing act here. Because I like him, and he does. I think he's a smart kid, uh, but he's not big. And, and so it's a bit of a balancing act. I think Josh Metellus might be bigger in reality, he does look bigger. Yeah, but I'm, I'm with Dex. It, it's impressive, and with Asamoah clearly, I don't know, not prepared to play in their mind. That's a pretty impressive jump from undrafted to starting or or playing a lot, a lot of snaps. Yeah. All right, Joe. What's your your biggest silver lining? Well, same theme, but I'm just go- going to say it's Brian Flores and what he's brought. Um, because yes, the Vikings lost, and yes, it's disappointing. But, you know, the eye test on the defense for a lot of that game, I, I thought showed what can happen when a coordinator gets creative and no. does not decide to play too deep. And, look, the personnel might not be perfect, but I love the ideas. And I love the fact that the Vikings aren't going to literally go into games now defensively and be like, oh, we're going to give up a bunch of points. Or I, or I hope we get fortunate. You know, I hope we do this. It would have been nice. and. I thought for sure, especially with Baker Mayfield playing quarterback, that if we had seen a pick or a fumble or something like that. Um, but I also like the fact that I essentially, for the most part, and I know this is going to shock you guys, Daniil Hunter rushed the passer a lot and rarely dropped back into coverage. Like, just stuff like that. Come on. It just makes sense. So, Brian Flores, I think, as far as the schematics go, got off to a good start. And I do think that that, that is going to with hopefully the the offense starting to score more points. I think that's going to result in turnovers eventually here, but I also think it's going to result in not having to cover your eyes when we go into a game and it's, you know, let's play a shell defense, the safeties play back. The safeties, for the most part, and they use three safeties a ton, did anything but consistently play back. One did, but they didn't have two guys like, we got to be covered, you know, deep coverage, that is essentially gone. So Brian Flores. I was trying to find this here and I and I did. So Kevin Seifert from ESPN Stats and Information said the Vikings had the highest defensive blitz rate in the league yesterday at 47. They sent an extra defender, 47% of dropbacks. It was either dropbacks or I don't know if they were doing run blitzing too. So whatever, 47% blitz rate. Last year, the Vikings were 18%. For the season under Ed Donatel. Yeah. Bit of a bit of a philosophical change there. And the first defensive drive of the game for the Vikings before things kind of went haywire in the second half. Anyways, first play of the game, they send six. Mm -hmm. And then on the third down, 
they showed seven at the line of scrimmage. All of them. Like, I think there was maybe one down lineman with a hand on the tech turf. And then six other dudes, a couple defensive backs, a linebacker. I have to go look and see, like, what the head count was. But it was it was seven. And then uh, I believe four of the seven drop back into coverage. So they wind up showing, hey, we, we might all be coming. It might be a, z- a zero blitz. And they wind up bailing all back into coverage. And Baker Mayfield kind of gets flustered and throws a check down to, a, like, an outlet pass to a running back. And the Vikings wind up making the tackle. So even on the plays where you don't actually wind up sending an extra defender, you can maybe fluster a quarterback into checking down because he doesn't like to throw into eight guys in the coverage. So um, I think my biggest silver lining was Jordan Addison. He looked great on that touchdown run or the touchdown reception. Nice little route over the top. And and it's kind of exactly what we had been begging for after it was very clear that Adam Thielen was no longer the same guy that he was four or five years ago, you say goodbye to him, right? That you needed somebody else that could get you a chunk play, a 20, 25, 30 yard reception. And KJ Osborne can get you some of those. But I think we looked this up last week in our state of the offense that like 55% of the Vikings explosive plays running and passing were Justin Jefferson. So who else in the passing game? TJ Hawkinson's a good player, but I don't know that he's going to be a guy that gets you a bunch of 25, 30 yard receptions. He's not Travis Kelsey in that way, more of a safety blanket. Jordan Addison looks like he can uh, take the top off a defense. Yes. To use a cliche phrase. And he did exactly that on that touchdown reception yesterday. Yeah. I think that there's nothing I've seen from him as far as his football playing ability goes, where I don't say that kid's got something. Yeah. Like he runs crisp routes, he runs good, good routes, which is a huge part. Jefferson in the first half, it's my contention that one of the things, and it's why I'm disappointed that they couldn't find ways to try and at least get him the ball in in the second half, although I think they only ran like 22 plays in the final two quarters. But Jefferson, if you watch him now, is really, I mean, he came wide open, I think, in the first half on two catches, and that's not a fluke. Like they don't forget he's out there. He's actually, his routes are so detailed, and he's worked, I think, so hard on this that he is creating opportunities because it's not like the Bucks are like, oh, I thought we covered 18. Like, you are acutely aware of, of his presence at the snap of the ball. So with Addison and Jefferson, I think both being really students of the game as far as their routes go, that should be huge. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's something that, it should continue. To, it was a problem for Tampa yesterday. You know, the Vikings put up a lot of passing yards. And like we talked about earlier, they were second in the NFL in yards per play. So keep doing that and stop creating dumb turnovers for yourself. And maybe you'll have a chance on Thursday. But yeah, the Eagles, that, that's another good segue here, I guess, into um, just everything else around the league, which we're going to call this portion of the Monday live stream Red Zone Channel Takes. So I and, it, and maybe it was a Sunday night take or something too because that game was a train wreck. But um, we'll start with Declan here. What was something around the league outside of the Vikings game, the biggest thing that caught your eye? What's your uh, biggest red zone channel take of the day? Uh, that Brock Purdy is legit. I mean, I, I know he had a he had a good showing last year when he came off the bench basically as a third option, but he was probably the most impressive week one quarterback, at least one of them. There was, there was a lot of them yesterday. Tua. Uh, Tua looked good. Yeah. 
He uh, was looked good, looked good as well. But there was a lot of questions. Do the 49ers need another quarterback? Uh, is Trey Lance ever going to uh, surpass him? Trey, they move on from Trey Lance. Are they going to go get Kirk Cousins? Brock Purdy's legit, man. <laughs> um, and Kyle Shanahan's system, I get it. You can not plug in just about anyone, but Brock Purdy, the last pick in the draft, goes into Pittsburgh. High expectations after a strong preseason from the Steelers, and the 49ers stomp them. Uh, so I, I think Brock Purdy having a, a big day that I was able to catch the end of the highlights on red zone before the afternoon slate. I thought that was really impressive to see. Yeah. The Niners just like to go because Pittsburgh is a good team. Yeah. And sometimes week one's a little weird where a team just doesn't look like they're going to look in week two or three, but God for the Niners to just go in and take care of business. Kenny Pickett looked incredibly good in the preseason. Like he was going to take a step and maybe he still does take a step, but and that that Niners win over Pittsburgh was probably well Dallas over the Giants the forty nothing. Those are probably your two most impressive wins. Just going mm-hmm. in on the road and blowing the doors off of pretty good teams. The Purdy thing is an incredible story, though. Like, how did this happen again? And and I'm not saying that he was a first round pick, okay? But yeah. he was the last pick. And how did this happen again? How did somebody not take a fourth round flyer on this kid, which would still be incredible? But think about that. Yeah, I don't know. But some of it, too, is would he be thriving like this if, like, the Falcons draft yeah, him? Yeah, or that's a very fair point. It's, it's the perfect car to be in. System, weapons, offensive line, everything. The defense, you don't have to score 30 points every game. So, like, it, so if you transplanted him right now to the Falcons, like right now. so he, They actually he, have some good weapons, too, so I should say. He, he's had success, though. Okay, transfer him to, I don't know. Tampa, which also has some good good players, but if you were to like to take him right right now, so he's had a taste of success. He's played he's played very well, and you put him you plopped him on a different team. Would he pick up where he's going right now, or does he take a step back? Do you think? Um, I think he would take a step back. I think there's a reason why he was a seventh round draft. I'm not saying he's garbage, but I think he's playing well, and a lot of quarterbacks have played their best football. Jimmy Garoppolo. I bet you if Sam Darnold had to start for five or six weeks, he'd probably look the best that he's ever looked in his career. Hmm, but, yeah, but but Purdy took Purdy's credit. He's hey, here's the car. Drive it as fast as you can. He's like, cool. I'm gonna drive it 150 miles an hour and win every game, basically. Incredible. So, uh, what about you, Judd? Okay, mine is this: the Vikings did not pay nearly as big a price for Ed Donatel's one year here as the New York Giants did. (laughs) Daniel Jones in a 40 to nothing loss at home. And I know it's week one at home, 15 of 28, 104 yards, averaging 3.7 yards per completion. No touchdowns, obviously two picks sacked seven times and a QBR of 8.4. Yeah, And this guy has been signed to a contract that is a quarterback contract. Um, and, and this guy also had, you know, two damn good games here at U.S. Bank Stadium against Easy Ed's defenses, including a playoff game. And the Giants are like, okay, yeah, it's go time. Let's do this. Ed Donatel should be cursed more in New York than here because I don't... I, he should get commissioned for sure. No yeah, question right? about it. Daniel Jones might not be this bad, but Daniel Jones, in my opinion, ain't good. It is it is hilarious. Like, how do you look at the way that season played out? How do you look at Daniel Jones' career and then, oh, he kind of took a jump a little bit. 
kind of. Not a huge jump, but he was like a serviceable quarterback. Brian Dable was the common denominator. How do you then turn around and give that dude? It was it eighty? It's an eighty million dollar. Yeah. Like it's pretty locked in, right? For two years, and they like forty million dollars. They restructured his contract to create some cap space like a week ago. Did they? Yeah. So they pushed even more cap like into they, a they, third they, year. They put a signing bonus <sighs> somewhere. <laughs> so I just. Did. My God, he looked like a deer in headlights last night. Yeah, I mean, he carved the Vikings, so I get, like, if there's Giants fans that are creeping on this show, it's like, oh, what do you guys have? I, we know, I know. We no. Get it. We get it. The Vikings we, defensive the coordinator was terrible. That's the point. Yes. So I think my main uh, red zone channel take is just here we go again, maybe, with the Packers. Yeah. They go into Chicago. They score 28 points in the second half. They win 38 to 20. Jordan Love, 245 yards, nine yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, he used his mobility in this game. He, yeah, he uh, he just looked really good. He looked pretty calm. You're playing on the road in Chicago. And then on, on the other side, here we go again, Justin Fields once again looked confused and really unable to make plays down the field. He can run a little bit, but... Um, yeah, I'm not totally ready to say that the Packers have hit on a third consecutive franchise quarterback, but after watching that performance yesterday, if you were if you were waiting for him to look like Baker Mayfield or like Justin Fields, he did not. So I think like that would have been one of Justin Fields' three best games ever if you had given him the Jordan Love performance. And Jordan Love does it in his first start as the franchise guy. Yes. Yes. And and looked far superior if if I recall correctly, because uh, Rogers' first start with Favre gone was against the Vikings on a Monday night at Lambeau in 2008, and 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 Aaron would scramble a lot at that point. But I don't don't recall that being a great game. So Jordan Love actually did look superior to what Rogers did in his first game. The difference being is the Vikings' defense. I don't think was as bad as the Bears are. Like I can't decide where the Bears are yet. You know. Like I think they're gonna going to take a step up, but they won what three games, four games because they were atrocious. So I still think the Bears are going to be pretty bad. So like, is that success a result of playing against a team that's pretty bad or a legit? Oh my God! Oh no! Yeah, no, well, not that's a the third. Thing about week one, week one, you got to almost just let's let's see what everyone looks like in week two and week three, and weird weird things happen in week one. Do you, do you guys think the Vikings would have turned the ball over fewer times if they had played the starters in the preseason? No. Or do you think, because that, that is a narrative. God, that's, I, I, no. If it had been old school times and there had been like a third game where they played an entire half and into the third quarter, I think I could talk about that. But that would be ridiculous now. So if, if the starters had played a series, okay, no. I'm a Declan. Kenny Pickett balls out in the preseason. Then, oh, I guess, uh, you know. You, then he struggles in the regular season. You know, but he had so many preseason reps. What, what does it really matter? I think the only real merit I would take, like Brian O'Neill, I think, had a offsides or a false start penalty early. Like, offensive line continuity degree, okay. You know, I could see some things that could be tweaked, but do I blame any part of that loss because the starters didn't play in the preseason? No, 0%. Ed Ingram actually was, was shoehorned into the game in Seattle for what, a couple of series, and he still managed to use his big hand to somehow strip the ball yeah. from Kirk. So, yeah, I, I I think the days of the guys have to play. Look, week one is often a gong show. It's more because of practices. 
It's more because they don't hit as much. They're not in pads, and we can debate that. But that's. But if you want better football in week one, you would literally have to go back to. It's not the preseason games. It's changing training camp to be more intense and physical. Yeah, but that's a whole conversation. You know, those big man hands of Ed Ingram would actually be good with UglyDeck.com, the do-it-yourself option. He could he could still get those hands involved fixing the rickety deck, you know? Oh, my God. Look at that right now, too. UglyDeck.com. Look at those people celebrating. And why? I'm going to tell you right now. It's because a maintenance-free deck can be expensive. But what if Sports Dad told you there is a way to save $10,000? That's right, ten grand for the for that deck right there to become a thing of Beauty. UglyDeck.com is a DIY assist program where Ugly Deck installs your footings and the and designs and assists with your project. And you finish the deck and you save thousands. You get a free DIY coach. So it's sort of like a quarterback coach who's going to help you from start to finish. Half of the Ugly Deck DIY customers have never framed a deck before, but you can DIY it with their help. Average savings between 10 and 11 grand, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. If you go to their website, you can pick out your deck and check out all the great national brand products that they carry. Right now, it's their fall promo, $500 off. Just tell them Judd um, sent you or that you heard about it on this show, Purple Daily. Late summer and fall, perfect time to build a deck. So get started now. Go to their website, uglydeck.com. Click on DIY. Again, save thousands of dollars on your new deck. Yes. Uh, a shout-out, too, to our friends over at Nutrisource, the official dog and pet food of Purple Daily <laughs> and Score North. You know, Maya, Maya was a little sad about the, the result of that game yesterday. So she did sleep in this morning. You know, I had to wake her up and be like, hey, do you want to do you want to you wanna smile? Do you want to you want a little Nutrisource chicken and rice, a little scoop of Nutrisource? OK, make you feel better. Tell me your secret, because Stella right there was <laughs> up at, I swear to God, 6 a.m. barking. I, th- I think she lost a bet. I think she, she bet big <laughs> on the home team and the Buccaneers uh, beat the Vikings. And Stella said, you know what? I need to eat right now. Nutrisource is the only thing that will make me feel better. How about Vinny? Yeah, week one blues for old Vincent, okay? he. Uh, I, I crawled out of bed this morning. I took one look at him. He took one look at me and said, I'm not I'm not getting out of this bed yet, dude. I'm going to stay here, which I don't blame him for. Now, if you just shake a bag of Nutrisource treats, that guy will wake out of any deep REM cycle <laughs> to get, get some of those mm-hmm. tasty treats from our friends at Nutrisource. All right, uh, NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you. And, wow, if you are still one of the uh, couple thousand people that are hanging out with us here on this Monday day after Aftermath live stream, please click the subscribe button and the like button here on this Purple Daily YouTube channel so we can keep growing this thing. We're almost to 40,000 subscribers. Thanks to you guys. You've helped us build this amazing community of Vikings fans from not only just the Twin Cities area, but all across the country, the world. We love hearing from you, and uh, we will do it again. We're going to give you, I think, about four different Purple Daily shows today on this Monday. So keep an eye out on your podcast and YouTube feeds. And then daily content, obviously, leading up to Thursday Night Football, where we will be live again, Vikings Ventline, after Vikings Eagles finishes up on national TV. So there you go. There's your hottest Vikings takes, your pie chart, your silver linings, your red zone channel takes. We're going to do uh, later on today, do a film breakdown on the biggest play of the game that swung things with Alex Boone as trenches return. So thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you again later today.